breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome to the DL Debate, your weekly radio show and podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We have another packed show for you this evening. Coming up on the show, Orion Ferry takes a look back at Dunlow's brilliant victory over Dunloy yesterday in the Intermediate Ulster Club Championship. Enda McGinley will give us his views on Ergil Cairns defeated Glenn in the Senior Football Championship and we'll also hear from Gary McGettigan after his Satanta team had a brilliant victory over Namaya in the Ulster Junior Hurling semi-final but first of all we're going to look at Neve Connell's defeat yesterday to Carrigan an agonising defeat and we'd like to say I'm joined by former Neve Connell and Donegal star John Gilday. John how are you this evening? I'm great Brendan how are you? John um you know, just looking at the game yesterday, uh, it was a game that seemed to be heading Eve Collins' way. They were con- they were controlling it at times. They had always that buffer of, of the victory or of of sorry of the comfort of the of the of the three points, three points at halftime, three points with with a uh, with a minute to go. Really, John, you must have been thinking they were, they were heading for a semi final, and really that real tough, I suppose, blow of 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 the last minute goal, and then dominating, I suppose, and. In in uh, in uh, extra time as well, John. But before we get the extra time, just the game itself. What did you make it? Typical, I suppose, Ulster fair. Typical Ulster fair, and you know, I suppose typical Neve Connell fair um, game under control without ever putting it away out of reach. Um, and like we've seen that throughout the championship, you know, down through the years, where you know Neve Connell as a as a as a club and as an outfit can you know hammer you off the pitch and still only won by three points or two points. And we've even seen in the, you know, against, a, you know, what I would say is an underwhelming underwhelming Ghidor side this year who had a lot of injuries and hadn't things going well. And at the end, an old slippy goal could have turned, could have knocked on or Neve Connell out of the championship. So it seemed to be going very much to the script where we would have seen the job out. I know there was a couple of dodgy decisions throughout the game as well that probably didn't help us. Maybe we would have stretched out the lead a little bit kept Carrigan in the game. But then in those types of games, in those types of days, you always leave yourself off open to a sucker punch. And that's really what happened on a number of occasions that, you know, that ultimately swung the game in Carrigan's way. You know, we got sucker punched at the end of the game when it was really should have been done and dusted. And then big, big Charlie got the, the black card. We proceeded to dominate the game from there and, and, and you come out the wrong side of a penalty shootout. But, uh, you know, you know, very, very good performance in lots of ways and very typical Neve Connell in lots of ways. But then obviously you're judged on the result and it was a very poor result. Yeah, it's it tough, John. You know, it's funny when you, when you talk about that. I think even in the county final, obviously, Neve Connell should have won that game quite easily and it came down to a point. And and I suppose there's sometimes you look at that ability to, to dominate teams, but maybe not to put them away, but maybe not need to put them away. As you say, it can be a three-point Hammering quite often, but I think on the Ulster, John, that yeah, the way Neve Collins play really suits because everybody does that in Ulster. Because you know, but rather with what you think, and we've had discussions about styles of playing that when you go on the Ulster, you're in a way ground, you're playing a team you don't know. You have that the more defensively solid teams are the teams that progress. So, in many ways, I suppose the game plan seemed perfect right up in the I think of, of all things that, that goal John I mean you, you, any team that's three points up I think and Ulster John's going to sit on it anyway I mean you can't I suppose really fault the team for that you think you have the game you, you have the game won 
Yeah, and particularly in the economy, because that's what they've done for the last 15 years. It's like, it's, they're not going to tear up the, the, the script and then throw it away because they're going to Ulster. They've been very successful with this game plan. They've been, you know, they've, like, they've won far more games than they've lost this way. Um, and, you know, this was one of the ones that goes against you. And, and that, listen, that can happen on occasion. Um, if you play in enough tight to game as you, tight, you know, tight games like this, Brendan, what will happen is eventually you'll come out the wrong side of one that you should win. And, you you know, there's a postmortem and you wonder why and you feel bad about yourself. But if you look at it overall as a body of work over the last 15 years from, from a Neil Connell point of view, they've generally come out the right side of that kind of game. This was one of those games that came out the wrong side of it. A couple of things went against them. You know, I, I felt going into the game without Anthony and Brendan was a big was a big ask as well because they've been, you know, Anthony's super solid at the back. He's that link between the back line and the forward line. And then obviously Brendy's been having the season of his life and has probably been the best club player in the, in the county, um, for the last 12 months. So, you know, not everything went perfectly. A couple of calls went against them. Yeah. They left themselves vulnerable and they got caught. And, you know, if, if luck had been on their side, we would have been having a totally different conversation today and they would be going into the semi-final in a very strong frame of mind. So it just, you know, luck went against them yesterday and I think that's what it came down to. Yeah. I think probably those, the, the, the Antrim record and the Carrigan record there, probably, you know, Johnny Brendan Crossan last week, you know, he named out the, the defeats. Carrigan last won a game in 1999 in Ulster. They've had five defeats since, but the teams that beat them are all top teams. John, you know Ulster yourself, it's a it can be a very unforgiving place. I mean, a Tyrone team hasn't won a first round game since 2017. You know, this is the level you're at. You have a lot of very uh, seasoned teams that maybe come back year in, year out. But certainly, uh, Brendan put in the case that Carrigan, you know, it was never going to be a foregone conclusion in terms of they, they were a half decent side that maybe could put something up to him. And he put the case forward. I thought, you know, that's maybe going to be a bit stickier than, than you thought it would be. That said, you know, as you say, particularly I suppose going in the extra time and going the four up, and, and those decisions, John. You know, the 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 black cards and and particularly you know the McGill one and that. And there, was, there seemed to be a point, a, a potential. Yeah, in the first half. Yeah, the look wide. The yard wide. Yeah, so it, it, John, you know, doing the game there, you, you never as losers want to say all oh, this and that. But when there was three or four incidents, maybe went against you, you start to think, oh, hold on a second, you know that that can tip the game. Well, Brendan, listen, you know, and it's not a chip on the shoulder and this is nothing to do with Neve Connell, but I remember playing in for Donegal in games in the North and different stages. Um, particularly, I remember the final in 98 where Jim scored a goal that was disallowed and then they scored a goal and Derry scored a goal and Big Jeffrey, uh, pushed Noel McGinley in the back and, and Brawley scored. You know, you go in there, you, you're not, you don't get anything your own way. Um, and I'm not saying it's premeditated or whatever. There might be a slight, slight bias maybe but you know that's not to take away from Carrigan's in the sense that okay there was a lot of decisions went against Dave Connell but then in other days there's a lot of decisions go your way you know yourself the way it goes it's it's up and down and you don't want to be the sore loser and I know Martin Regan as always came out and spoke incredibly well after the defeat and didn't blame anything other than the fact that Neil Connell didn't perform and put it away the way they should have done and that's ultimately what it comes down to when you take into all the all the potential errors by referees, scores that maybe shouldn't have been scores, black cards, all that type of stuff. Neve Connell still had it in their own hands to win the game and see it out. They were, even toward into extra time when they were four points up with 14 men, like they dominated the key 
parts of the game and then somehow conspired to not win the game, which looking back on it, and Martin, I'm sure over the winter, look back on this and figure out how it actually happened. But that's not to take away from Carrigan in the sense that they've been there a long time. They've knocked on the door a long time. We talked a lot about the hurt that Neve Connell carried into a county final that saw them across the line. And, you know, Carrigan coming to Ulster five, six times now in the last number of years and not getting over the, uh, you know, the start line for want of a better word, they had a lot to prove and there's some really good players there. And, and I think sometimes when it comes to club football, you can look at the state of the county setup and you can go, well, you know, Antrim, what's it all about? You know, Donegal will beat them nine times out of 10 and that's generally the way it is. But then when you bring it down to club level, the whole dynamic changes. They had a, they had a lot of good players that are very good blend from youth to seasoned players and they carried a heart of not getting over the line and and you know they they won in the end whether they deserved it or not is open to interpretation but um they won it and you know Neve Connell will have to suck it up and go back to the drawing board again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen we're going to hear from Martin Regan in a wee while and, and his comments on it. And as you say, John always uh, speaks well and never hides behind anything. John just I have to ask you this about the pre-county final training and the McGuinness uh, stories were flying. Was he down coaching? Can you give us the the uh, the lowdown on that? Well, I think it would be be wrong of me to either add to it or take away from the <laughs> from the rumor mill that is Donegal football. Listen, he 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 um, Jim's an amazing um, clubman uh, for Neve Connell down through the years. Yeah. Although. And should be pointed out the week afterwards, then he conspired to, for Christian to, or Neve, or St. Michael's to beat an under 10 team or an under 14 oh. team there as well. Sure so right. he, he's divided loyalties at the moment, but you know, I know. You know, Jim you know I don't, I don't mean to put you in the spot, man. I just mean, no, no, no. I didn't, he I was, didn't, I, he was I didn't absolutely, like, he was absolutely involved. I didn't like the, I suppose in a small way, and I know Martin Regan, him obviously. Or close, and and he has no issue with that. I didn't want to take away from anything for Martin. I learned terms of the the championship victory. You know what I mean? No, oh, and, and that's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, like sure. Jim, as you well know from experience, Jim gives you that X percent. Yes, and when you're dealing at the very top level, and make no doubt about it. St. Eunans were an incredible side and are an incredible side and will have a huge say in the championships for the, not just next year, but for the next 10 years. So in order to overcome a side that is on the complete up and was playing, you know, the best football in Donegal bar, bar none across, over the last 12 months, you had to call on every bit of expertise you have. And Jim's an incredible motivator. That extra one or 2% is what got Neve Connell across the line. But... And Jim will be the first to say that, and I know Martin Martin won't say this, and but Jim will be magnanimous enough to say this. The one or two percent only matters if you have the other ninety-eight percent done, and that's what Martin and the team had done. They had the ninety-eight percent done over the years. They had the hard yards done, and Jim probably came in in the last four or five weeks and provided the X factor. Yes. That a different voice, different attitude, different motivation. And obviously Jim carries an aura in Donegal football. And I mean, you can imagine those young Glenties lads that, you know, how, how high a regard they hold Jim in. Yeah. And that was to see them across the line and give them the, the X factor that they needed to beat this very good St. Union side. Yeah. And listen, one man, I suppose we have to mention, uh, Jack McKelvey yesterday, um, you know, talk about performances and, and standing up. It was such a shame. Um, he ended up in the losing uh, team. Yeah. What what a, what a match he had, you know, a bit like I suppose particularly the the second half uh, performance of uh, of Thompson in the county final, the way he just stood up and yeah. took the game. You know, there seems to be 
players certain days just have that magic. You could never throughout that game see him on the losing side. So unfortunately, then, but maybe in, in Donegal terms again, just looking past it now, you know, you know, there, there, there's a guy for the for the future for the new management to to say this and that's something we could have in our in our starting fifteen. Oh no, absolutely, and and you know he was he struggled early in the year. He had, he had a number of injuries. He only really started finding his feet maybe from the semi final on. Um, but he's an incredible athlete. He's incredibly tough. Um, and you know there's a there's a mountain of football on him, and he's a like he's a real leader. And you know, I was one of the people that was staying at the start of the year. Remember you and I spoke. And we talk about the old guard and we talk about the Anthony's and the Brandy's and the Leo's and it was time for the younger lads to step up. And I thought that those younger lads this year really stepped up and Jack McKelvey epitomizes that in the sense that he grabbed games by the scuff of the neck. He drove things on. He had big scores at crucial times. He worked hard defensively. So he like he's a, he's he epitomizes the, what the modern day footballer is. And I think he could have a huge future with him, you know, for himself with the county squad. But as we all know, County football is different. He has all the ability in the world um, and should make it absolutely 100%. But sometimes it takes you a while to find your feet. Um, but again, I think he'll be a big addition for any team that he's involved in. Yeah. And, and just on that, John, the, the, looking into next year, you know, and what, whatever way it goes in terms of Martin's time and, and what happens there. But certainly the likes of Anthony and Brendan and those guys, that they just seem to keep going and going and going. And you would think... This year, for example, I mean, Brendan, particularly in that first half in, in the county final and that as well, you were like, you know, this, there's, there seems to be so much more time left. In oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a little interesting story. So I brought my father uh, to for lunch the Friday after the county final and uh, they had the trophies on the bridge. So we stopped and we bought a lot of ticket and we, we chatted to a few people and Marty Boyle stopped myself and Marty had a, had a great chat and we, we laughed about the old lads yeah. and, uh, you know, how they were finished. And, you know, and next year's a, a new year, but he said they went back to training on the Wednesday night and they did some kind of, of long distance running to run the legs back in again. Something I used to love, Brendan, as you can imagine, that long slog and running, uh, that was a joy. And he said that it went on for quite some time, but it, we were just laughing about how fit the, the older lads were and everybody writing them off. He said the two Doherty's were one and two. And the way, the way Marty put it, he says, but they're animals in the sense that they could run at that 70, they were like Diver back in the day. You know how he'd take off and he wouldn't stop running until somebody closed the gate on him. Mm. That kind of running. And he said the next four were Marty, Wade, Anthony and Brendy. And they were the four old lads. So there's plenty of running left in those old legs yet. I know we maybe we ripped them off prematurely last year after the county final, but those guys are going strong and I know they have a big appetite. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them all back again next year to give it another go. Certainly so. Certainly so, John. Listen, and they'll be well worth their spot. They'll go into any squad yet and they'll, they'll add to it. And I'll tell you what, the Connell will take a bit of stopping again next year and we'll be keeping an eye on it, John, as ever. John, thanks for rounding that up. Appreciate that, sir. No problem. Take care of yourself. I'll speak have to you later, man. Yeah, John Day there. Great stuff as ever from John rounding up uh, Neve Collins' defeat to Carrigan in that Ulster Club quarter final uh, yesterday. And as I said, after the match, um, uh, we got a few words from the losing manager, Neve Connell's Martin Regan. Here's what he had to say. Martin Regan, we're here just moments after uh, defeat in the Ulster Championship. Uh, how hard is that one to take, losing in penalties? I look at it, it's a tough one to take now, but I think if that game was lost in the end of normal time, the end of the extreme, it wasn't the penalties we lost that game. We, we probably had it won three or four times, and 
we kept letting them come back into it but look at it, that's, the, that's the way it is yeah and you're always expecting a tough challenge coming up here um, people were saying that Neve Connell should come through this one but this Carrigan team they're a tough physical team so they are Mark yeah look at we, we knew what we were facing into today up, up here we, we talked about that this last 3-4 weeks we've seen plenty of them and we knew what they were going to be like so we, we got no surprises today in what we faced and at half time you were leading by 6 points to 3 you had the I suppose the advantage of, of, of the one at the back were you content at that state? Yeah, probably pleased enough with, with, the, with the lead that we had. We probably could have kicked on a few more scores in that first half, but now we were pleased enough with where we were at. We, we knew we'd have to work hard in the second half, but we did work hard, and we really should have seen the game out. We were three up in five minutes and injured him. We should have seen it out at that stage. Yeah, what happened when they got the goal in there? Ah, uh, look, it was just one of them things with the high ball, and we, we survived moments like that against Gidor in the quarterfinal and goal, but it just it went the wrong way there today. Yeah. You weren't too worried when extra time was going to be played, because these guys have a serious level of fitness, so they have? Ah, look, we knew that. Look, they, 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 they're extra, went extra time in the semi-final went extra time in the final and um, they've come back in a lot of games we, we, we knew it was going to be a battle and it went right down to the very end When you got your goal in that second period of extra, extra time are you disappointed maybe that you didn't shut it out then because they responded straight away with their own Yeah definitely Look, four points up in extra time we should be winning the game from there yeah. without doubt we should have been kicking on and winning the game but Okay, they got, they, they, we got the warning signs too we, they probably could have got maybe two goals before they got their goal as well that Ewan cleared one off the line and they had another chance as well that t- Thomas McCann flashed wide and look at they, they got three chances coming up that right hand side and we never really learned from it and they punished us eventually yeah, just uh, on, on the penalties. Obviously, you were involved in the shootout in Donegal that just that just won you on the losing side. Unfortunately, here today is it, is it something that should be in Gaelic football, Martin? Ah, look, at it is in. That's the way it is. It's in, and you, you have to deal with it. And there's there's rules there. People make me happy with some rules, but they are what they are. And we've lost today in penalties. And we knew we'd face penalties saved as level after its time. And we've, we've lost, and that's the way it is. Yeah. How would you sum up up the year then, Donegal champions, but falling here at the first hurdle? It's it's uh, sort of a situation where it's it's highs and lows. And how do you find the mix as the year comes to an end? Yeah. Look, it's, it's a, that's one of them questions is the time of them really it's, it's disappointing today and the year's disappointing when, you, when you're defeated if you'd asked me three or four weeks ago I'd have been delighted with our lot but look at every every time you move on every game you come into next you want to win it and we're, we're got it here today because we fancied coming up here and getting a wee run in Ulster but it's not to be yeah and listen I know it's only minutes after after defeat here but uh, um, a lot of these boys will be itching to get back at it real real soon and get at it again yeah of course they will look at it, whether we won or lost today they'd, they'd be back down whether it's training next Tuesday or training next January, February, they'll be back at it again and they'll go again for next year, but today is not the day to me yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, thanks, Oshin, for that interview. Tough one uh, on Martin Regan and his Neve Connell side. Defeated on penalties, an agonising penalty defeat. And uh, as ever, Martin, honest as ever. I'm not talking about next year, that there's time to come for that. But looking across the other games in Ulster, we had a particular interest, I suppose, in Glenn and Ergil Kieran. And yesterday, former Ergil Kieran and Tyrone Legend himself, Enda McGinley, was on the stand supporting his Ergil side. But they come up short. But Enda is here joining us this evening to give his views on that game and how are you this evening I know you're a bit uh, disappointed with the uh, with the defeat but but certainly a, um, a game you give it where you give it your all yeah absolutely I suppose hey, look you're you're always licking your wounds the, the day after and longer after a, a championship exit hey, no matter what stage it's at hey, but I suppose as, as a football man as an Ulster football man what a weekend of, of Ulster club action like the, the games were just we're just box office and, and our own game again, Glenn. Like, it was a phenomenal game of football. It was tough to enjoy it. Uh, when when you're so acutely involved, if you know what I mean. But even then, you could just sense the quality. The, the quality of the Glenn side is, is absolutely immense. Their, their power and their running 
their organisation. It, it was just superb, but I'm very proud of, of the effort our boys put in. We'll be disappointed, came up short. Suppose there's always a few things we can quibble and a few mistakes on our own behalf too. Uh, that, that probably meant that uh, Glenn went away and it just shows the level the level of quality that's needed to get through these really, really big games is, is massive. But uh, yeah, just... Just what a game! What what what, you, what an occasion! And listen, you've you've soldiered and to yourself, and 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 in many a good days. It's not really for what twenty seventeen since the last uh, Tyrone team won won a game in Ulster. And that said, you continually turn over your teams, turn over your teams. If you looked at the games just there, I suppose you know you had the mate of Kilku in there. We kind of thought after Bally Bay's victory, would they give him a bit of a game? They, they didn't really. The Glen, your game with Glen interested a lot of people and they've called were down as favourites beaten by Kerrigan and Ennis Gill and Gales and Gowna went to penalties of course but nobody's really talking about them so I think of all the games your, yours was the most interesting one as you say Glen are like a powerhouse now that are that are really the start of their season part of their game their aim was Ulster Club Championship which really wasn't an aerial I think mindset you know it was it was one to own so you know the fact that your lads come in and you know, you've a lot of young players a lot of good talent there and, and I suppose put it up to them it must still give you uh, I suppose a lot of hope for the future in terms of that performance No uh, you're absolutely bang on like I think the thing about the throne clubs with Ulster Club like particularly since it's become the, the giant of the competition it is there will be occasional breakout winners, but more often than not, it tends to be teams that have a wee bit of experience in the competition. Uh, or if, if you're a first-time winner, you nearly need a, a relatively decent draw to get yourself up and going and, and get into the competition or a good break between your county final and, and the first round and all of them things. But certainly it's, it's a competition where solid experience, where you've won multiple championships, that does carry a weight. Uh, and you would have seen that with Carrigan yesterday, like a massively. They, Carrigan themselves, nearly, I would have said, had a better team probably two, three years ago, or maybe even four years ago. But they've now got a weight of experience. And, and you've seen that yesterday whenever they came back several times from beaten positions. Uh, for Ergel, yesterday is a huge learning curve. Uh, we absolutely did put it up to Glenn. I think four points is a is a harsh enough uh, sort of magnitude of defeat in the end up on, on us. I don't think it was a four-point game, but the performance was excellent, and yet you're coming away and you're just realising where the, the step up, the wee step up in quality that still has to be made to, to take on to take on Glenn. I would firmly believe that our boys will have that ambition, but unfortunately you're back into the absolute dogfight of trying to be the first team in, what, is it 17 years now to come out of Throne back-to-back just to get another crack at that competition, yeah, if you know what yeah, I mean. So yeah. that's, that's, that, that, yeah. that's the difficulty. Yeah, I suppose the end of, there's, there's, no, there's no club in Throne now saying, listen, we'd love to give All-Star a crack next year. They, you know, no one's no, thinking that. No. You're just thinking, listen, we want to get through the first round. <laughs> yeah. And it is a cliche, like whenever yeah. that first round of, is drawn, the eight, nine, like eight, nine, ten teams that were probably potential championship winners this year, there was only one of them had a what looked like a fairly done deal in terms of a fixture. Mm. The other eight teams were in ties against each other. So your, 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 your horizon stopped and started at the first round level, if you know what I mean. So that, that, that is a luxury maybe other teams can have. 
we, we're more than happy with where we are in Drone. We're, we're, we love our club championship and the club football. It'd be lovely to see our teams push on a wee bit more in Ulster, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that'll that'll start to come at some stage. Yeah, and then just as you digested what was the crazy uh, Galbury victory, 7-12 to Glen Owens, 1-11. Um, you know, so many people like looking at that scoreline. Going, How is that possible? You know, this Galbally side certainly of the eyes on, on on the bigger prize. That that was. A, did you see a bit of that uh, before the before the uh, Errigal Glen game? I did. I'd seen seen pretty much all of it. Uh, and again, that I suppose that's the contrast between senior level, the Trone Junior and Intermediate teams have done really well mm. in both provincial and All Ireland competitions over the years. Uh, and it's the senior sides that struggle so at provincial level like Galbally are a very very strong team I would have going up to that match I just presumed that Galbally should take Linnullen and in fact I, I think they'll be very tough to beat within Ulster as a whole and, and I don't know I, I don't know the intermediate level in other counties if you know what I mean it's just I know where Galbally are at they're a serious serious side they're a serious coaching setup. Uh, they're putting huge efforts in they're putting efforts equivalent of really top senior level teams in terms of their own preparation and they've got a really good team uh, they showed that yesterday Glenolan tried to play bravely they, they didn't really play with a sweeper as such and Galbley were very sharp inside and, and Glenolan didn't have the men to try and curtail the Galbley forward so every ball that went in there was just a massive threat one on one and they were taking their goals for fun Like, but mm. uh, yeah Galbley very very strong they're a senior side last year in Tyrone there was four teams dropped down themselves in Eden Dork and they're, they're decent senior teams if you know what I mean Yeah. but because of the way they compressed Division 1 on Tyrone last year they dropped down to Division 2 so it always for me they are a, they are a decent enough senior side they happen to be an intermediate this year so I'm sure they'll go on ahead and get as much championship experience as they can now yeah, yeah, and listen, what Joey McMahon, Crozier, and guys they get in the, in the right. management. Yeah, right. and, and uh, you know, I suppose that makes sense from what you're saying there. If, if those, if everybody's having a real cut with each other, and a couple of teams get squeezed out of that, then they are going to be pretty much senior teams playing it in that intermediate. So that's that would explain that phenomenal scoreline. Yeah, absolutely. Like Eden Darker sitting with what three, four county men. Uh, they had a ding dust battle with Moy and happened to come up now over the weekend. But Eden Dork, Galbley, and actually then Eglish went and won the league. You know, so the Division Two again, very very strong. But all of them would be teams with big ambitions to push on. And of course, in Throne we had Trillick and Dungannon who both came up from intermediate and went on to win the senior championship. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, in, in either the next year, the next two years, if you know what I mean. So the the intermediate level, there's just a lot of serious football sides in Throne and so you don't maybe have one outstanding team yeah. that's winning multiple championships that then gains experience to push on at senior level uh, but, but really and that, that helps the county team you know there's, there's no doubt in that you know if you have a dominating team that you're better off with the spread and, and then those players in each club will pull up the the club players around them and that. So listen, it's, I think that breeds probably into that Throne squad that's, that's there. And, but, I mean, you're digesting that victory and the way the first half in particular started against Errigal, I mean, you dropped me a wee text, just a couple of goals. You were like, what's going to happen here? But then it was a, it was a couple of minutes before the half before I actually then got a score. Like it was a real, real uh, weird first half and uh, before the game kind of settled. It was Glenn. Glenn certainly were like they're, they're just several players who just love to go on a real direct run towards the black spot, uh, and they're they're powerful and they're athletic. They're tough to handle. Their first goal, look, uh, it's hard to rule out my bias, but for me, the first goal shouldn't have happened. There was a challenge on the goalkeeper. 
uh, and the goal came of that, uh, which again the wind is a very you know yourself that's a very very significant score. Their second goal was excellently worked. People were saying there was a penalty, but it was outside the box that foul. So again, just those wee rubber decisions. But I thought Ergel played some fantastic stuff. The final sort of twenty minutes of that half got into a reasonable lead then four points but Glenn again the quality of their play to open up the Ergel defence for their first goal in the second half it was just superb play you know and sometimes you just come up against real quality but again Ergel dug in for me I suppose I'd say looking back whenever we look at it again we had decent positions decent field positions decent, decent possessions and I don't think we, we made the best use of it at times mm-hmm. uh, but still we were within touching distance at the end and uh, again, Rory Canavan had that brilliant effort then came back off the crossbar and then we punched the goal but uh, unfortunately got ruled out for a square ball which again, I've seen a few video angles of it and I don't think it was but uh, look, that's 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 uh, that, that's the rub of the green we'll go home, we'll lick our wounds Glenn are a phenomenal side like, and, and we came up short uh, and I think there's, there's enough of our own doing within that to, to worry about the, than to just focus on the decisions, you know. Yeah, listen, in, I, I don't want to rule out anybody in this girl nor um, <coughs> anybody stopping this uh, this Glen Kilku uh, uh, possible also final. But I mean, uh, you know, Carrigan, you have an Ennis girl in the way of these uh, two absolute powerhouses. I mean, whatever yeah. about maybe yeah. Bally Bay in yourselves, it's certainly looking like everything's going to point towards. What could be a phenomenal uh, Ulster final? You know, p- potentially two of the best sides in, in Ireland, not just Ulster coming up against each other. So, I think you know, in terms of the talent of the two teams, I, I, I think you know at least Kilku have a, a, a team that'll, that'll certainly it, it'll, it'll go down to a fifty-fifty game, and it should. And uh, listen, I don't want to write off those sides. Of course, it's it's terrible to do mm. that, but then uh, the, the, the odds would be massively stacked against anything but a, a Glen uh, Kilku final. Absolutely, well, I certainly have to be very careful because half, half, all, all, all the in-laws are Carrigan, so I have to be very careful on that front. But certainly, look, the bookies will have Glen a uh, strong favourites as they will have Kilku strong favourites against uh, in a skillin. Uh, Carrigan are very experienced. I think they'll, they'll they'll know that they'll have to play very tight defensively to try and restrict that Glen forward line from doing damage because damage they can definitely do. Uh, but you would you definitely fancy Glenn and, and Kilku to come through those two matches. And the Skillner are a very young side. They, they had a really good minor team a couple of years ago and they very much rebuilt a big club that has went quiet for a while and has now come good again. But again, they're young and they're relatively inexperienced come against, uh, coming up against such a hardened side as Kilku is going to be difficult. And it almost seems, the way Kilku limp through their own down championship, it seems as if Kilku nearly timed themselves for Ulster and they've almost got that luxury to peak physically and mentally for, for that push for, for the provincial championship. So, uh, look, at the minute, you would think it's going to be Glenn and Kilku and Eskillen and, and Carrigan will certainly will, will certainly have their go at upsetting that apple cart. But as we know ourselves, the bookies are, are rarely wrong. Yeah. Yes, indeed. End of great stuff. And uh, listen, looking looking ahead to next year, what, what about yourself? Uh, is there anything in the, in the in the pipeline or what's what's up next for you? I'd say uh, doing your top class bondage, of course. <laughs> uh, there's there's family duties. There's an Ergel under thirteen team. Uh, probably a bit of organisation. Real no, real stuff. Like Ergel under thirteen. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the big stuff. You you just keep your eye out now. And if you're not covering Ergel under thirteen, they'll be deeply upset. Is, is there a wee McGinley <laughs> run about there? Is there? <laughs> 
there is, there is, and you just have to sort of try and keep them right, you know. Well, you, you'll, you'll want them to join up with them Canavans soon enough, so they'll still be kicking away. So well, that's, uh, that's, that, that's the irony of it. Like I was saying, the throne final, it was sort of the equal sort of distance. I was 12 whenever I first seen Nergal win a championship, and I ended up playing with nearly all the boys who was watching that day, such as the club yes. football, like within six, seven, eight years there, you are out playing with all them boys, you know, so... Uh, that's it. That's that's you want the next generation building and coming, and these teams that are at the top of Ulster football. That's that's what they're doing. They're like Glen, Enniskillen, uh, Carrigan. I'm not sure what Kilku, but I'm sure they were doing well. Our own team. They were all backbone by strong minor teams coming up through. So that's that's where the top clubs are doing it, and you just have to keep. You, you, you just have to keep at it yeah great chatting to Enda McGinley as ever as I said at the top of the show uh, Satanta had a brilliant victory at the weekend over Namaha of Derry 220 to 116 and as ever Declan Coulter top scorer with 14 points giving a real exhibition particularly from dead balls he had a great game outside that as well so fantastic stuff from Satanta they, they march on to play uh, an Ulster club junior hurling uh, championship final against Glen Arm of Antrim and after the match Alan Rogers caught up with a delighted uh, Satanta manager Gary McGettigan here's what he had to say Gary McGettigan Satanta manager good win for you sir Gary uh, good good one sure Alan um, you know yourself semi-finals are, are, for, are for one on like it um, doesn't really matter how you get through it so there's probably about seven on it to end up like but there, there's a lot of parts of the performance we wouldn't be happy with but sure we'll, 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 we've not the time to work on that now like it's it's always good to get through just, you know. The playing with the wind in the first half, obviously you had a certain degree of cushion at half time, but they got the goal, which I suppose maybe came against the run of play, but still was a setback. We probably, I'd say we looked at the possession, we probably dominated the first half, but um, we, we had a few bad shot selections, you know, what probably which tends to happen off the one, the same thing happened to them in the second half. Um, so we, we could have tagged on a few more points in the first half and then their goal sort of came against the run of play. It was a bit of a mishit and you know, a diagonal ball and the floodlights is very awkward. Like, so keeper just lost it in the light, you know. And can't be too critical of him, like, but um, no, I, I kept them on it, gave them a real burst of energy, you know, before half time. So, but I look, it, it maybe gave us the wake up call we needed to, so, yeah, well. But, but you kept it, you really kept the scoreboard ticking over then in the second half and I suppose the, the, the two goals made a big difference. Ah, the two, two goals were, were nice, like they, they were, what, were there five on at half time, they got it down to three I think when we get the first goal, you know, so it opened up again, then they started eating the lead again and we get the next goal, like so that, um, ah, the, the goals were give us that wee bit of cushion that, that always sort of kept that five or six point gap there all the time, like so, um, but, but I, I think, you know, again, it's, it's hard to judge, sometimes you're caught up on it, you can't remember how the game went there, but um, sometimes playing against the one suits us better, you know, because we've some good forwards there and Sometimes we don't play the ball and enough off the one, or you try to play the ball and it goes too long. So the fact the ball's holding up against the one sort of suited our forwards there, so we, we got a good bit of joy in the second half as well. And, and the second goal, I suppose you talked there about breathing space, the second goal really gave you that, I suppose, it came at the perfect time because it came at a stage when they were pushing, they were closing the gap, but that, I suppose, was the vital, the vital goal. Aye, it did die, aye, because they, they, were, they were still in the game up to that point, you know, if they had a goal, got a goal themselves, they'd be right back in it, so that, that, that second goal, I definitely give us the, would sort of give us that bit of momentum and give us the lift there when boys are getting tired, <coughs> and then I think the big thing there, <coughs> sorry, was that, um, 
they, they probably had to go for it then after that and pushed up, you know, so there was a pile of space in the back and we were really tagging all our couple of points on then. So, now nah, look, we're just, just happy to go over the line and start looking ahead. We just hear there's Glenarm come through the other side, so we'll, we'll start this evening and tomorrow and think about them and see, we have two weeks to prepare for it, you know, same as they have. So, nah, we're, we're looking forward to it, it's a good time there. Yeah, great hearing from Gary McGettigan there. We wish Satanta all the best in that final against Glen Arm of Antrim. Of course, the competition said they won in 2017 and hopefully they can bring the cuff back to Donegal again. Uh, we're going to look now at the Intermediate Championship with the one and only Ryan Ferry of the Donegal News. Ryan, how are you this evening? I'm very good, Brendan, and yourself? Oh, tearing away, Ryan, tearing away. Listen, done no flying the flag at the at the intermediate level for us, uh, Ryan, and certainly a game of two halves yesterday, but came through or uh, against Dunloy. Uh, you made the big trip up, uh, uh, Ryan, across to the east coast to, to watch the fair. What did you make of it? Ah, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a testing game for Dunloy, and they had to, it was very, very physical, and, you know, they just had to stick to their to their plan really the, you know the first half didn't go so well and uh, it was funny you know it, it wasn't the most um, you know it, it wasn't the most high class of venues really as, as a lot of the venues in Antrim really are you know are not really up to the, the level you would expect and um, you know it was funny there was a bit of a, a bit of a slant on the pitch and you know Dunlow had to play up against it in the second half and you were you were worried but I suppose with, with Dunlow's own pitch that they're probably trying to correct at the minute um, you know they're probably well used to playing up a hill <laughs> yes. so uh, maybe it, maybe it didn't go maybe maybe they were well used to it but no they, they started very well they kicked the first two points of the game and you're thinking well there's no signs of rustiness here because they had a six week break but it, it, it just didn't quite happen for them in the first half. It just seemed to be the final pass. A lot of the time, just let them down, and you know, it, it was a it was a tight pitch, and you know, Dunloy had a lot of duo players, so they were strong and they were physical, and you know, they were they were kind of out to, to hit anything that moved, really, Bren. And you know, Dunloy found themselves under a bit of pressure, like, but just gradually over the second half, they, they just started to, started to get the scores, and then Dunloy's discipline just. <laughs> it just completely um, fell apart altogether. The two men sent off, and you know the, there could have been more cards as well. Like you know, and I'd say uh, the referee was probably just happy to, to keep it at thirteen at the, at the end. But don't know, just they got their scores, and you know they got everybody. They emptied their bench in the last couple of minutes, which you know was probably very important now when you're trying to keep everything going for the next two weeks. You know, everybody getting a few minutes out in the pitch will do no harm. So I'm sure Desi Gallagher, you know, and his backroom team mightn't have been hugely happy with how the first half went, but getting a victory up in a hall, I'd say they'll be happy enough for that now. Yeah, certainly. Ryan, just on that six-week break. Um do you get the feeling like it's it's you know if you if you look at certain competitions, say the the Premier League for example, does it even stop for maybe it is about six weeks and it's a new season? Is 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 there a lot to be I suppose um, looked in there around around that and that type of a break? Like very difficult for a team to to keep soldiering away with with uh, with a game so far uh, in the future and particularly a very unpredictable game and and, and heading away that said obviously it's, it's a bit special going into Ulster representing and I'm sure the Dunlow boys it's one of those things you, you'll probably look back and remember those kind of away days particularly if you won but um, a difficult proposition to keep everything together for that time 
Yeah, well, I suppose like if, if you think about what we're seeing and hearing about in the Premier League and the Championship now over in England, Brendan, you know, there's an eight-week break coming up for this World Cup, and I'm sure they're of all the best sports scientists in the world trying to, to work out how how these boys that aren't going to the World Cup are going to manage it. Mm. You know, so uh, like it, it is it is a big it's a big question for teams, and you know, like you know, do you take time off? Um, do you take a couple of weeks? You know, I'm sure the players are delighted when they get the chance to enjoy the celebrations. But you know, it, it is a long break then, and you know, the evenings are getting shorter on you, and you know, it's, it's there's, there's a lot of things going on. Maybe you're going into, um, you know, your college competitions are starting and things like that. Maybe there's there's more distractions. It's, it's, it's hard to know. Like, like, I definitely think we've seen in previous years where you had one or two week break, and you know that that wasn't necessarily helpful. Um, you know, so uh, I think six weeks was too long, um, and I definitely think that these Ulster competitions should have been started long before now with the with the split season. Like, I don't know why we we're waiting until the twelfth and thirteenth of November. Um, so, you know, if if, if perhaps um, you know the Ulster and the provincial competitions could. Could maybe get their act together and get started a wee bit earlier. You know, I think that would help everything as well. Because you know, you, you want you want your county champions to be able to enjoy their success, but also have enough time to get their bodies right to go again for Ulster. But yet that they're not getting too rusty. So, you know, six weeks was definitely too long. You know, people would have said that the four weeks Neve Connell had was perfect, and I suppose that didn't work out for them necessarily the way they wanted. So, you know, um, I think it is something that they'll have to look at going forward. Yeah, Ryan. Just uh, on that game done now, you mentioned about about the hurling influence. Obviously, a club that's that's uh, well renowned for its hurling. Having been up in Antrim, and actually, I was invited to a dinner dance there years ago. It was like a an underage presentation, and the tension between the it was a footballer one, obviously, but the tension between the football and the hurling was was, was unbelievable there because the guys who were running the football they actually come from outside. One guy was Donny Gallman and invited me up. The other guy was a Tyrone man. But some of the young boys were receiving awards. Were obviously top hurlers, and their family was there. And it was uh, uh, when they were being introduced. It was. It was. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, funny you kind of touched on it there. There obviously is that overbearing feeling of of hurling there. Do you think it came through in the game and the physicality? Well, it's very it's very hard to say in in the sense like when we Don Lawyer obviously in, in the Ulster Senior Hurling Championship as well because they won the the county title up there. And um, before the, before the game even started, somebody said to me, you know, that uh, the Royce main objective here is to get nobody injured for the hurling. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you know, surprised. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. Know, like you know, like teams have different different objectives anyway heading into this. You know, like some kind, some clubs know they're they're definitely not going to win this championship, and if they get one victory, they're they're happy enough. Whereas other teams are, are dreaming of Ulster finals and things like that. So, but. You know, uh, it definitely like, like some of the some Antrim hurlers, like Andrew County hurlers, were playing like, and they were good, strong players. And you know, they they definitely, you know, like I, I wouldn't say, you know, to me, they, they definitely put everything they had into it. Um, you know, but uh, it does make you wonder, you know, when you have that, you know, when there a lot of their players obviously would have been trading with the hurling as well, and, you know, over the last four or five weeks and. You do wonder at times, well, how can they compete with the likes of Dunlow then, who are given everything they have to it in the one, uh, one full focus, like, you know, but, um, you know, they, they definitely did, they, um, 
Tolai, you know, they, they were very, very physical. Like just even the, the makeup of their team, you know, they, they were strong in pretty much every line on the pitch, and you know that that was a that was a test for Dunlow. Now, Dunlow are no, um, you know, they're not they're not a small team or anything like that. Dunlow, like, so they were they were well fit for it, and you know, and in, in fairness to Dunlow, to like particularly the, the three Curran brothers, Brendan, like if you were if if you were going into the trenches, like you'd want those men on the front line with you, like cause, yeah. you know they'd run through brick walls, like so. Um, no, don't, don't know. It, it was a physical assignment for them, but they got through it. Yeah, and and, and listen, you, you spoke about Desi Gallagher, obviously in the, in the halftime talk, and Dunlow, I suppose, coming back now next year to senior, and, and certainly giving youth a chance and and, and breeding a new team there. But they'll, they'll have their work cut out to beat this Galbally team. Um, you know, probably the shock result of of the the games we've seen at the weekend was. That hammering because Glen Ullen, of course, all dairy sides going on the Ulster are always expected to do all right. But when you seen seven twelve uh, round, could you believe that? And this, uh, they might think about holding this uh, the Tyrone champions. Yeah, like, like uh, you know, uh, we were in Corrigan Park yesterday, like, and you were just hearing updates of it, and I guess very, you know, you're thinking seven goals like that has surely is a, a misprint or somebody's got <laughs> some kind of information because you never, you know, you, you just because. You know, teams that concede seven goals are usually teams that are, are maybe struggling for form and things like that. Whereas Glen Owen are, are, you know, very intermediate champions. Like, you know, that Paddy Bradley over them, like, they, they would have been, you'd imagine, very well organised going into it. But, yeah, like, this, this Galbally team, you know, they, like, it's only three years ago since they won the Throwing Intermediate Championship then. And Throwing are very different to us. Brennan up here in Donegal in the sense where you know when you have your senior status here in Donegal it's very hard to lose it then like you know because you need to lose six or seven games whereas you know Tyrone teams are you know there's some of them are filtering up and down from from uh, senior level all the time like the likes of I think the likes of Eglish were in the in the Tyrone a senior semi-final last year and yet they were playing intermediate this year so um, you know and then you had the likes of Eden Dork who had, had McCurry and and Niall Morgan uh, and, and those players as well and uh, Galbally beat them in the final so they're obviously a very very good team they, they played St. Nalls, um three years ago in the Ulster intermediate semi-final and beat them quite comfortably um, you know and so it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely going to be a, a big test. Like you know, they've got Liam Rafferty that plays for Crone. They have your man Daniel Kerr who scored two five yesterday. He will have played a bit of underage football um, with Tyrone as well. So they're very, very good team. And I think your own your old buddy Joe McMahon is in charge of them with with uh, Paddy Crozier as well. Like so, there's obviously a lot of a lot of um, effort going into this team. They obviously think they're they're a decent side, and it's going to be a big test for Dunlow. But I'm sure it's one they're they're looking forward to. The one other big thing I would say is for Dunlow, they're going to need to get Oshin Boner back. But you know, because Oshin Boner didn't play. I think he only played one league game this year, and he completely transformed the team when he came back. And for the championship, you know, he's a really potent attacker. He's good off left and right foot. Now they're saying he got injured last week at training. Um, so they're going to need him back for the semi-final if they're if they're going to try and get through to the provincial decider. Certainly, so Ryan and listen, we we, we wish them all the best. Well done, they done low there. That's of course two weeks time, Ryan, yet to be decided the the Saturday or the the Sunday. So uh, we see if uh, Tyrone, if 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 our Donegal boys can topple the Tyrone men and maybe reach a final. It'd be great to see. Yeah, it would be, and 
I, I think Larry Kenny Gales have have uh, thrown opposition this week as well, and you know thrown club football. Well, they don't seem to be they don't seem to be able to do it at senior level. You know, at, at intermediate and junior, they really are the benchmark. So it's uh, it's going to be tough for for both Dunlow and Larry Kenny Gales, but hopefully they'll get the victory they, they crave. Yeah, great stuff, Ryan. Listen, you've got your big away trip done anyway. Can only get a bit closer after this. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Good man. Uh, yeah, definitely. Top stuff, Ryan. All right, Brandon. Thanks, Amal. Yeah, Ryan Ferry there. Donegal News. Top stuff as ever from him. Uh, always a man brings some information to the table. Um, I want to thank him uh, for his input there. Now, of course, earlier we heard from Ian McGinley, John Gilday. Um, listen, that's a wrap for this evening. I want to thank Kenneth for producing Head of Sport. Osh and Kelly, stay tuned for the excellent Monday night sessions and I'll speak to you all next week. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Canny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen.